Siron Sports, 95.9, 106.9. And I am honored to have one of my favorite players of all time in any sport on uh, the Cobra, Dave Parker. Um, Dave, you, you just one thing. My first, I've been to 60 World Series games, thousands of baseball games. The first baseball game I went to in 1973 was your first game as a pirate in Pittsburgh. So, again, my, an honor to have you on the Iron Sports Show tonight. Well, thank you. Um, so you have a book out called Cobra. That's your nickname. And I thought it, I, the book's tremendous. And I recommend anyone who loves baseball to get it. Anyone who wants to learn about the 70s, the great baseball times. And you really go into detail in the games. Just love the book. But you grew up in Cincinnati. And your book, you really was where focus was going to be a football player. You want to be running for the Ohio State Buckeyes more so than, the, uh, uh, than be a, a baseball player for the Reds. Well, baseball was my, I mean, football was my first love. And uh, I had planned on playing with Ohio State, but I tore my knee up my senior year of high school. And uh, that was the end of that. But it changed my life uh, enormously because uh, I ended up playing 19 years of baseball. Yes, definitely, definitely. And and it was interesting, when you were younger, you would go to the Reds games and just as a, a, a vendor, throwing peanuts and everything at the games, and, and you got to watch those great, some of the Reds teams play in those days, um, even meeting some of the players after the game. Yeah, I met John Edwards, Pete Rose, Frank Robinson, Vader Pinson. Peter just came up, and uh, they were excited about him, so he, he was getting big news. <laughs> and you have fun stories about how you ran into these players and what they were talking to. And you ended up getting selected by the Pirates. And you go to the Pirates. And, and when we think about the Pirates now, and I think most of my listeners that are above the age of like 20-something probably would not think the Pirates used to be a very good baseball team. But when you were drafted by the Pirates and one of the organization, they were one of the best teams in baseball with Clemente and Stargell and everything. And that, you know, that must have been an exciting time to join that team. They just off, off a World Series uh, uh, a win, too. Yeah, they won in 71, and uh, they had won like three or four Eastern Division championships prior to that. So they were winning, and uh, they were known as a powerhouse in the Eastern Division. Right, and then so you when you joined the Pirates, it was it's like – you're doing great in the minor leagues, and you get sent down there, but it's like there was just so many players. I mean, you went, you were right fielder, and Clemente was in right field, so you're not going to take that position. So it was just you, your book lands out how frustrated you were that you didn't get a chance to get up into the, into the major leagues because you were just doing so well in the minors. Yeah, I was winning batting titles in the minor leagues. Uh, I played. They made me play three years of A-ball, and uh, <laughs> couldn't nobody pick me up because I was on the A roster. So they had me protected for them. And I played three years of A ball and finally got to triple A and was hitting like 316 and about 18 home runs at the halfway point. And uh, I ended up quitting (laughs) because uh, I didn't see no light at the end of the tunnel. But then, uh, um, well, they they brought you back. But they, uh, when you're 
you talk in the book a lot about Bradenton, and we're here in West Palm Beach, so we have our four spring training teams here. But it was uh, it's great to have when your, your experience about Bradenton with the, with the team and just talking about that town and, and just the whole aspect. And I think you took spring training a lot more seriously than the teams take spring training now. Yeah, I was fighting for a job. <laughs> So spring training was uh, my future. So I uh, ended up playing rookie ball. I won a betting title there. Then I played um, in Salem, Virginia, and did well there. I um, did well everywhere I played in the minor leagues. Yeah, and then and then you talk in the book in terms of there's a, an essence of the Pirates. And we talk, think about the 79 team being we are family, but it really started when you joined there, when, when, when you were, you know, taught work with Clemente and Stargell and those players back in those days and, and how you guys got along. And it really was that it was a family almost the entire time you were there. Yes, it was a very closely knit team. You had Stargell, who was a guy, if you couldn't like Willie, you couldn't like anyone. He was uh, the leader of the club. And uh, Tanner, the manager, was one of those guys that was ideal for our situation because he governed with one eye and one ear. He didn't hear everything. He didn't see everything. So that's the kind of manager we needed for the club that we had. And and you were known as... You know, the way you played was a little different than how they play today. It's like you wanted to have a high batting average. So you led the league in batting twice, actually won the MVP award in 77, uh, in 78, when you won the batting title and was the MVP because you like to hit like 330, 340, you know, 25, 30 home runs. Um, a little bit different how they play today. But, uh, but that was in terms of, I liked how your book, how you always talked about, you know, studying the pitchers, trying to get the singles, doubles. We had Rod Carew on our show a couple of months ago, sort of that same sort of concept in terms of the analysis of the game. Well, everybody trying to hit the home run now. <laughs> they, don't move, they don't move the runner over. They don't play small ball. And uh, that's what makes for four-hour games. Don't nobody want to sit at the ballpark for four hours. That's like playing five that's like playing golf. Five hours. <laughs> well, let's, you, you're famous for 77 and 79. And 70, you were hurt. You went to the All-Star game. The f- one game was in New York. And it was a great experience for you in terms of talking about being at Yankee Stadium your first time there. And then, of course, in 79, I mean, it's one of the most iconic baseball plays of all time at the Kingdom. Uh, your two throws, one at third base and one at home on the fly, uh, getting the runners out and winning the MVP award in 1979 in the All-Star game. Right. That was the first time that you ever won an MVP for defensive efforts. <laughs> and uh, I had two throws that both throws had an impact on the game. Uh, Jim Rice scoring the third, kept him from being on the base, scoring. Uh, Nettles hit a, a, a ground ball that was on the warning track almost, and I threw him out at home. So the throws were instrumental, and uh, they uh, won me MVP. And then in 79, for the, for the, uh, the World Series, just it was a battle. You have to beat the Reds. 
uh, had to be, they were down 3 1 of the Orioles. But it was just even during the year, you took on this leadership role of the team, but in a way, that Stargell was the was the, was the leader, but you were the I guess the the supplemental leader to the whole team. I just loved reading in your book how you two worked with him, worked with him, and 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 was like you know work with Tanner in terms of keeping the that fun aspect, the we are family during that entire year of seventy nine. Yeah, we uh, had Stargell who led the team. I was like sergeant of arms. I mean, if anything went down that wasn't quite right and they needed somebody to come in and straighten it out, even if it meant physically, uh, I was that guy. <laughs> so they, you spend time in your book, and my, my dad always talks to the, tells you the fact that he was a, his debate partner was Tom Rich who was your agent, and it was actually, you didn't use him as an agent initially. He wanted to be your agent, and he wasn't really an agent. He was just a lawyer back then who started taking on some players, and he was your, the high profile. But you're probably known more than anything for the first player to actually make a million dollars in team sports. And we see all these contracts today, and they're making 35 and 40. You were the first person to be able to negotiate a $1 million a year contract when you signed that in 78 uh, for a five-year, $5 million contract. Yeah, Tom got to be an agent because of his association with Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis was a, his first client, and that's how I got involved with Tom. And uh, the million-dollar salary, I told three of my friends walking to high school that I was going to be the first million-dollar paid player. And uh, this was in high school. And when it happened, uh, they drove to Pittsburgh and just stared at me for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, what's wrong with you guys? He said, you said you was going to do this in 11th grade. So I uh, had my own uh, dream that I made happen. He did. And, and, you know, I just, there's so many things in the book that I caught that were interesting. Like, you mentioned you went to the All-Star game, and now when people go to the All-Star game, they bring an entourage full of everybody, you know, everybody there, and they gave you, they offered you two tickets, and they said, here's your two complimentary tickets, and here you're going to be the MVP of the All-Star game, and you said, just give it to two little kids. I don't have anybody here. I'm here for myself. And I just love that in terms of your fact that, you know, you were, you were definitely doing this. You didn't really have to have to have an entourage of people, you and your teammates. Yeah, that's all I need, you know. And uh, the family thing is, is really true. I mean, we were a family, and we cared about each other. And we would go out after a day game in Chicago, go to dinner, and it would be like 10 or 12 pirates there. You know, and guys, we ate together, went out together, and really cared about each other. So we were, we were unique in that way. Hey, you mentioned when Doc Ellis came back to play for the Pirates and, and he was struggling in a game and you just like, you just wanted to win the game for him. Like you would do anything. Or if some one of your players made an error earlier, you felt like, oh, I got to make that back up to help them. It, it, was, it was amazing. Even though you, you, know, you mentioned the book, how you're battling for positions against people and you still were, even though you're battling for them, was working for them, cheering them. And I don't think players do that today at all. So it was just an amazing read of that book. Well, they're too busy counting their money. <laughs> well, and then you got a chance to go to Cincinnati to, to 
you know, after the Pirates, I think, made a horrendous mistake in letting you go in terms of after free agency. Then you signed with the, with the Reds, and you got to play back in your hometown, play with Pete Rose, work in that. So that was fun. And you actually were second in the MVP in 1985. So you still had that great second part of your career after the first 10 years of the Pirates uh, playing you know, in Cincinnati and, and competing with the Reds. Yeah, Cincinnati was, uh, um, they were a thorn in the side. <laughs> uh, they used to knock us out the playoffs. They did it about three times. And uh, we uh, finally got them in 79. But uh, Doc had said that uh, you guys are scared of the Reds. He had a, a team meeting in the clubhouse. And uh, he said, you guys are scared of the Reds. He said, I'm going to show you just how tough they are. I'm hitting everybody come to the plate. Oh, that story, I'm yes. Hitting, <laughs> yeah, I'm hitting everybody come to the plate. And uh, I said, oh, man, you ain't going to do nothing. Shut up. And uh, he uh, hit everybody came to the plate. <laughs> hit Pete Rose, Griffin, you know, hit Perez. Threw in Miss Johnny Bench's head and came over and told me to my I don't know how I missed his head, big as his head is. <laughs> and, but uh Doc was uh, a unique guy and he was very smart. People didn't give him credit for how smart he was. Right, right. And then you got a chance to go to the Reds then after the your playing career with the Pirates. So that you actually got to play with Pete Rose and, and, and to and he was your manager, really player and manager when Pete was there. So that must have been I mean, those were some good years in Cincinnati being back home and playing. Yeah, it was fun. I uh enjoyed playing against Pete, but uh it was a thrill to play with him. <laughs> you know, Pete hustled, everything he did was at a hundred percent. So uh, it was fun playing with him and playing under him. Yeah, and as, as a Pirate fan, I'll tell you, I mean, reading your book, you were honest about everything that went through with your life and everything, and I just felt it was horrendous that the Pirates later you know, in your career decided to try to sue you for your deferred money that you had earned, and uh, clearly it was ridiculous. And I, I, you mentioned in your book how if you um, – uh, you didn't think the the fans in Pittsburgh would be a good jury, and I'm like, I th- if I was on the jury, I would I would have supported you. You did. You brought so much joy to that city, and so much joy to the fans, and you're so loved in Pittsburgh that uh, I felt like you should have never settled with them for your deferred money because it was horrendous that they even went after that. Yeah, it was. It was kind of crazy. I, I would have stayed in Pittsburgh if Pete Peterson would have tried to negotiate something fair. Uh, he was a uh, hard car with me from the beginning. And uh, we got got involved in a negotiation that was one that uh, was basically impossible to work with. And, I mean, your numbers in many ways at 2,800 hits, 340 home runs, uh, 290 batting average, I mean – you're you're close to the Hall of Fame, but you only got like 25% of the vote. But you're hoping that maybe the Veterans Committees and when they start looking at these committees that you might get a second second look at the Hall of Fame? I couldn't do no more to get in the Hall of Fame. I won everything you could win. Uh, I was the best player in baseball from 75 to 80. 
I dominated the game. I was the best. I, I, mean, and I that, couldn't do no more. No, and I think that's what's so great. You have the numbers, and you were the MVP. So not only did you compile numbers, but you also were the best. And that, that, that's something some of these people we see in the game, you're like, is that really a Hall of Famer? When you played, everybody knew you were the best player in baseball, so you were clearly a Hall of Famer. But, uh, I mean, your book, Cobra, definitely is a must-read. Everyone should see it. I guess, you know, I was excited to see at the end of the book, you, you actually were a, a, an entrepreneur owning restaurants. I think the last 20 years you had, to, you had a, a chain of restaurants, of franchises. So that must have been pretty fun to go from baseball to, to owning and being ha- – literally, you said you were hands-on running these restaurants. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed the restaurant business. Uh, I own Popeye Chicken franchises, and uh, I sent a lot of kids to school. I had kids that worked for me, you know, for three, four, five years, and uh, I um, would help them get into college. And I had two sisters, Valerie and uh, Kelly, and I sent both of them to Ohio State to go to school. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, with all your knowledge in the book, and, and this is, again, a must-read, Cobra is the name of the book. It's going to be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everything. But i just surprised you didn't go more, get a, work in the front office. You seem to have, like, there's so many times you were, like, see a player, like, you put together this team. You said, let's go get Madlock, and they got Madlock, and Foley, and, and bringing in pitchers in that you saw that you had hard. It, it's just interesting from your perspective to really have this understanding of the, everybody else in the league and knowing what to do and knowing what trades to make. Uh, I thought it was. I thought you'd make a great general manager when you read the book. It seems like you'd be perfect. Well, it's something that I can do. I mean, because I had influence over guys that I played with and played against, and I, I could have parlayed that into being a, a GM. Mm-hmm. But. Uh... But, and I guess the last thing is that, I mean, it must have been fun writing this book. I mean, it's been a while since you played, but it, I think that it just brought back great memories. And, and it really was just a, an amazing book to read from a baseball player that was in, this, in, a, in, a, in a great time in the 70s, which is like one of the highest, uh, most watched times in baseball history. Yeah, it was. It was the best time for baseball, best time for music. It was just a, a good time to be alive. <laughs> well, and it and your book says that. I mean, you you it's the joy that comes through your book about playing. The fact that you that you you could remember what songs you played almost after every game. You could remember your car. I mean, your memory is amazing, and it was it's so cool about it. It was just such a fun book to read because you had such joy. Like you had so your knees were were beat up, uh, you were injured, but you just you just wanted to play. That's all you want to do. When you see these NBA players that are taking load management, you didn't ever did load management. You just play. That's all you did well yeah plan was what i was there for <laughs> well dave thank you so much for coming on ira sports i greatly appreciate it i i suggest anyone go out and buy the book cobra it's a great read easy read uh interesting book and uh thank you so much for coming on ira on sports thank you thank you for plugging the book too thank you